Hey there, and welcome to Get Off the Bench, where we talk success, business, life, and how you can make your dreams into reality. Your coach is an international speaker, published author, business, and speaking coach, known to his audiences as the Speaker Man. His dream is to move you from the bench to the starting lineup of life. And here we are again, 47-yard try, his longest attempt at a game. He has business clicked. Hey, did you hear that? The game is about to start, and you need to get ready to get in the game. Here's your coach, Mark Wiggins. Hey, everybody, it's me, Mark Wiggins. Welcome to Off the Bench with your host, Mark Wiggins. And today's guest is a young powerhouse. Y'all know I love to talk to, to people who are on the come up, who are doing things, who are in their passion, um, and help motivate you to get off the bench and into the starting lineup of life. So my guest today is Isaiah Zay, Z-A-Y, West. Isaiah is my guest tonight, and he is all things physical trainer and has a pretty decent story. So as you know, I don't do bios. Zay, are you on the phone? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Pleasure to be here, Mark. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Why don't you tell the people who you are, what you get into, and tell us how you got to this moment right here. Absolutely. Um, so when I hear this question, it's always interesting. I've, I've listened to so many different podcasts, and every time I listen to guests answer to this question, they always respond with who they are, with what they do. And I'm somebody who never wants to conflate who I am with what I do. You know, I'm, I'm a strength and conditioning coach by profession, but that's, that's not the only thing that I identify as. If I feel like that becomes my one and only identity, that I'm not living right, living life correctly. You know, I'm somebody who has a passion for helping others, and there's a purpose for creating community and within that community empowering people to, be, to become the best versions of themselves and embrace their inherent gifts to accomplish their goals. I just do that through the realm of strength and conditioning. And, you know, this is something I've, I've been around since my, you know, my entire life, quite honestly. I always tell, the peop tell people that I kind of got into this from being, being raised in the gym. You know, a funny story, when uh, I grew up in New Jersey, you know, the first house my family and I lived in was just this one-car garage townhome. And on one random day, my mom drives by a yard sale. It was a gentleman selling all his weight room equipment. And we got probably, you know, a whole rack of dumbbells, a, a barbell, a bench, and all this equipment for $150, which is a oh, steal wow. if you if you look <laughs> right, at right. it. You, you go to any store in America right now, like you you know, you're paying a dollar per pound for a dumbbell. Mm -hmm. And our one car garage immediately got renovated into a home gym. And at this time, I was maybe four or five years old. So my first impression of a weight room was, you know, at four or five years old, seeing my parents, seeing my older sister when they when she got done with school and my parents got done with work, they were in the gym. And that was this communal space of here they are working hard, the, the grit, the attitude, the fortitude that they had to become better and, and, you know, create a space that we can empower one another, we can work hard, we can get after it, we can have fun. That was the initial onset into this industry. And throughout, you know, throughout my upbringing, there were things like YouTube became really, really big. And 
if you wanted to have access to your favorite players growing up, I would just YouTube a LeBron James workout or Kevin Durant workout. And I would write down everything I would see in these YouTube videos and to the point where I had notebooks full of workouts, you know, as a a pre-teenager, 12, 13 years old. Fast forward, you know, getting to – once my athletic career was done at the end of high school – once I got into college, I immediately said, look, I, I've been passionate about this for quite some time. I want to see if I can volunteer. I want to see if I can do something. So when I left New Jersey to go to George Mason University, I immediately contacted our, the head strength and conditioning coach at that school and started just volunteering 20, 30, 40 hours a week, however many hours I can get in, in a semester or in a month. Mm-hmm. And time after time, semester after semester, my confidence grew. I I learned more, I read more, and opportunities began to open. I went from George Mason University to the NBA Academy Senegal in its inaugural year to the Washington Mystics during their first championship run in 2018 to Cressy Sports Performance in Hudson, Massachusetts, which is a phenomenal facility that trains so many professional baseball players, um, and to now my current role at Healthy Baller in Rockville, Maryland. So that's that's kind of my upbringing. That's me in a nutshell of who I am as a person and how I've gotten into this industry. Well, you said a whole lot there, Zay, and it's amazing you got all this done before the age of 22. It's, what, it sounds, it's like you were you have been on the move and doing this thing and getting into fitness. And what, a, what about fitness keeps you engaged? What about that thing about fitness? It's um... – for me, it's it's really just trying to become the best version of myself that I can be. You know, I mentioned like seeing my parents when I was four or five years old and coming home from work and they're they're training, they're getting after it. I mean, my mom still competes in track and field to this day. Mm. Um, you know, my father was coaching AAU track and field for the first 15 years of my life or, or something like that and, and then coached basketball. So I was around people that – were always active. So I knew no other way, but for me, I, I'd always set goals for myself. Can I get faster? Can I get stronger? And I wanted to make sure I lived a life that enabled me to have longevity, to have good health, to, you know, have a positive spirit and make sure I could do all the things I could socialize in whatever way I wanted to due to the work that I put in, you know, in my training session. So that's, that was what empowered me to continue to stay with it. But Ultimately, it was the joy I saw from other people when they accomplished their goals. And when you see other people achieve things and when you see them be happy, it's kind of hard to want to do away with that feeling. So you just stay with it. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point. I love that energy on that one. Um, I, I found it interesting you're talking about the, um, the early stages. And you did something that you don't hear a lot of athletes do, um, and that's study the game. You know, you're talking about watching videos and workouts. Uh, of some of your fan favorites and then either working that out yourself or coming up with a routine. I mean, that, that, that shows dedication. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of athletes don't do that. They, they may watch and try to emulate, but they rarely take into account the hard work that it takes to get there. You know what I'm saying? The dedication. People are amazed that LeBron can do what he does and that year off or half a year off, whether it was, you know, by design or accidental, is a, it's going to be a problem for the league this year because you know he was in the in the cryo chamber, he was working out, eating healthy, all of that, mm-hmm. you know. And you don't hear athletes talking. We know they do it, but I just hate they don't talk about that part of it because I know athletes are working harder and more uh, 
focused on their bodies and their minds and keeping stuff together now as than ever. But I like that you at an earlier age you were you know watching videos and doing that. That's pretty dope. Appreciate that. Yeah. So appreciate that. So talk to me about how you got to Senegal. And I, you know I'm okay. You hey went to Mason then and next in Senegal. So how did you crack the code of the NBA Academy? Because you know there are a lot of different levels of the NBA stuff, junior NBA, blah blah blah. How did you crack the code to get over to Senegal? Um, you know, when I was interning at George Mason, uh, when I first got there, the head strength coach was like, look, you could have this internship until you graduate. And if you do right by us, we'll try to do right by you. And, you know, I trusted him. I believed in him. And I said, you know, I'm going to intern here until I graduate. And the summer going into my senior year, I'm working with the men's basketball team. Um, and I'm working with some guys on the bench press and I look up. And the head strength coach is pointing behind me, uh, and I turn around, and this is six foot ten, six foot ten guy wearing an NBA polo, mm. watching me. Mm. And I turn back around to the head strength coach, like, "Hey, do you do you need me to cover the group for you? Is he here for you?" He was like, "No, he's here for you." You know, I told him about you. He's here to interview you. And it was quite honestly just due to the the hard work and the commitment I had to that program at GMU where I was so fortunate that people believed in me enough to tap into their network to say, Hey, I got this guy. He might be of service to you. So on one random day in June uh, that summer, you know, here comes, uh, you know, coach, coach Roland Houston is his name here. Here he comes into the gym there to interview me in the middle of a workout. So I stopped what I was doing, got interviewed. Um, you know, unfortunately, like because of the fact that I was still in school, that opportunity couldn't, couldn't come to fruition mm. but he was like you know what like I, I like I like what I see from you I think you're very impressive obviously like you come with high regard we're gonna see what we could what we can make happen and fortunately like a lot of people believed in me where people were willing to to pull some strings and and coordinate different things and I was able to land an internship there um and I became the the first strength and conditioning intern at the NBA Academy during its inaugural year. So a lot of it was just a testament to my mentors and to the fact that they taught me in such a way that I was able to to, to matriculate to something bigger and better uh, right. just due to the fact that they believed in me. Well, that, that's, that's amazing. And, and you know what? If you're in sports, and I talk about this with young athletes and, and my business people that I coach and my speakers, you know, A, you, you need to be working, you know, I call it moving without the ball, Right. When you're working and grinding for that opportunity to show up, I mean, when you know when preparation meets opportunity, success happens, right? Had you not been on your grind and throwing in 45 hours a week in the gym volunteering, or you know, you wouldn't have, you'd have missed this opportunity. You would have missed this opportunity because they would not have talked you up prior to that. You know what I'm saying? They wouldn't got you because of what you're doing. And then here comes the NBA and an opportunity that that most wouldn't get or had to go through a bunch of hoops to to get was basically a wink nod, yeah, that's him, cool, bet, out. And now you're in Senegal. <laughs> so it's it's like those things exactly. young, you know, athletes and people recognize that you got to be ready to go. It's like being a speaker where you know you have your core presentation, and I train people on, on getting their core message together because you never know when they're going to call on you to speak, right? It's happened to me several times, not even sure what the, the topic is, but they need someone to either fill or someone to show Hey, we know you do. We know you speak. I need you to get up there now and give me about 10, 15 minutes. You ain't said nothing but a word. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like pulling exactly. my shoes because I travel with my gym shoes, bro. Back in the day, you, hey, we need another one. Hold on, let me pull out these these leather Converse I got and go and strap them up because you you just don't know. And that's right. that, that's that's a huge huge thing to help you get your exposures and be ready to perform. So th- does that now? So the NBA thing. How did you transition over to the WNBA? So I I landed back in the country from Senegal on a Sunday, and on Tuesday I had a call from the Washington Redskins. On Wednesday I had a call from the Washington Mystics. And so here I am, a senior in college, just got back from this life-changing opportunity, and there were still people in my network who were working my name to other people in their network while I wasn't even in the country. So by the time I landed, there were people who already I was already on their radar, and I had to make a decision: do I go with the do I go with the NFL? Do I go with the WNBA? Honestly, I wanted to do both, but I sat I sat there and thought. You know, what's the best way that I could leverage this opportunity that very, very few people have? Mm-hmm. How about I go from the NBA Academy to the Washington Mystics? And me as an avid basketball fan, I, I knew that the Mystics just got Elena Dell down the year, the year before. <laughs> right. um, I knew their championship window was going to be within that next three to four years. I was like, this is a chance for me to, you know, enter into a league that quite honestly doesn't get the respect that it deserves. True. And two – I'm going to be a part of a world-class organization that has some of the best players in the world with the hall of fame coach as the head coach. Like what, what better situation could I ask for? And, you know, without hesitation, when I got the call, I was like, yeah, I'll be happy to intern. I just got back from the NBA Academy in Africa. I'll jump right over to the Washington Mystics. And, you know, a couple of days later, I, there I was just, uh, you know, in Capital One arena, ready to work again. Dude, you did you did you pick the right one? <laughs> you got the right <laughs> one. What I, that was an impressive, impressive year. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. That's that's an opportunity. That's awesome. So, what type of goals you're setting for yourself now? What's next for Zay? What are you trying to get into? Uh, this is an interesting question because, quite honestly, like I think sometimes my ambition might be my biggest weakness of setting too many goals and. Mm. Um, sometimes getting distracted. So my my goal over the next couple months is just to stay as grounded as possible, try to figure out, like, what my purpose is, how can I live out my purpose on a daily basis, rather than setting all these different goals. And, you know, I become so, so immersed in just chasing things that I'm not taking the time to, to live my life in a way that's sustainable and enjoyable. So I'm focusing more on, like, intangible factors, of putting myself first like how can I make sure I I take time out to you know for self-care how can I make sure I take time to be around uh, my friends because sometimes just going through this professional grind you end up alienating yourself or you end up forgetting that you need to tap in and check in with your friends or hang out with with some of your homeboys every once in a while so I want to make sure I I prioritize that but from a career perspective I just want to keep my foot on the gas like I think I've got really good momentum um, with doing some of the things that I've been doing recently and trying to put myself first, I find that I have a lot more energy and a lot more mental space to be able to handle the rigors of my profession. Because uh, as a strength and conditioning coach, you're dealing with so many different personalities. Mm-hmm. You're on your mm-hmm. feet all day. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of coaching. It's a lot of talking. It could drain you if you're not making sure that you're rooted in, in the right thing. So, you know, putting myself first, but ultimately, like, continuing to, to dive deep into some rabbit holes and find solutions to things that 
I can serve my athletes and my clientele a lot better when I step into work. That's awesome. So let me let me ask you this question. Um, I'm getting ready to do a, a podcast or talk on it, and the, and the concept in the talk is load management from from mm. a physical trainer, professional trainer's perspective. What does load management mean to you? Oh man, this is a this is an interesting question because I look at it from two sides. One, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I work with a lot of basketball players, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm also still a fan of the game. But I think ultimately what people have to understand is load management has been in existence for you know as long as we can remember, and all that really is is you have people who understand the body and understand what you go through as a player and try to provide advice on when you should be resting and when you should be working. Mm. And what I mean by this thing has existed for a long time is that if you look back years ago, everybody remembers the Allen Iverson interview when he was talking about practice. Once upon a time, a lot of these star players weren't practicing a whole lot, but yet they'd play 82 games. Now load management has manifested in such a way where, you know, some guys are taking games off. The thing that's conflicting is the NBA, here you are on one side, you, you want to deliver a product and make the most money possible. you got fans who want to take their family to see, you know, these primetime players. But on the opposite side, you're paying some of the world's best, you know, performance coaches and medical staff members to analyze all this data and track all these different things to ensure that your best players can be healthy when it matters. Uh, so it's a, it's an interesting debate of like, do you, you know, is it, is it useful? Is it beneficial? Is it good? Uh, but ultimately it's just a matter of like understanding what this person is going through every single day and are they ready to perform at the level that they're performing? And just managing that is, is what the term load management comes from. That's interesting because I, I was doing some, some slight research on load management and I'm going to actually use it in a different, uh, context i'm putting it into you know life and working and motivation and goals and stuff like that actually you spoke to it i got so many going to that you know what i'll be like you know what you need look at your load management of what you're trying to get done can you really get it done because i struggle with like you i got too many irons in the fire and you find yourself not getting anything done you, you don't do anything well and nothing gets done but you're tired you know what i'm saying so like okay we need to load manage and take some stuff off the one thing i found uh research and maybe a uh, a kinesiologist said this, and maybe you can help con- um, confirm this fact, is that once the body kind of gets leveled up to do something, sometimes the load, and it's made to do and handle these things, and you load manage it and you stop it, that it actually may increase injury trying to get back to a level. Is that true or false? Well, it's, it's a chicken and the egg and, uh, okay. argument. Like, are they robust athletes because they've done so many different things? Or are they robust athletes because you've taken certain things away? And Mm. that's something that'll be a never-ending debate because it's hard to really track these things way before they occur Um, because a player will always come to a different team having had prior experience playing elsewhere and probably having had prior injuries. And Although, as a strength coach, I might receive somebody's injury history I didn't necessarily know what they were going through personally at that point in time, or I didn't necessarily know what other stressors might have been uh, present at that point in time. So there's always going to be a gray area with, you know, what should we do? Is taking this thing away from them 
helping them or is it hurting them? And ultimately you're just trying to make, you're just trying to make the best educated guess as possible. That's just, that's why we test so many different things. That's why we, mm. you know, uh, collaborate with so many different intellectuals who are experts in these different fields, because you're trying to make the best educated guess as possible. Nobody will ever really know uh, the right answer for how a human body can adapt to, to a particular thing. Cause things change all the time. That's fair. That's fair. And, and that's another thing they said about the load management was, is that they load manage the wrong thing. It's not the thing that you're doing it's the other stuff that you do. It's not the practice and the workouts and the training and the stretching. It's the, I'm going to leave practice and go to club and dance for 45 hours. It's, it's, I'm going to go and run 35 miles after, you know what I'm saying? There's other things that help, tear you down as opposed to the thing that you're supposed to be doing, like the focus thing. If I'm in training with you and I'm in the gym, I'm doing the things that are helping my body, right? Right. But then I don't right. rest. Then I don't hydrate or then I don't eat right. You know, I'm not managing my load. That's still load management. I'm managing everything that's going to help me perform better. If I don't do those things, that all adds to or subtracts from total performance, my thoughts. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's interesting. It, it's, I, I love it, and again, I just find it highly interesting now that it's a, is is a, a star athlete who's actually pimping the system, for lack of a better term, to his benefit. They mad. They're like, why? Why y'all on Kawhi? <laughs> Kawhi ain't said five sentences all season, but you know, I'm not playing back to back nights. They've been doing that for years. Been right. doing that for years. I'm gonna play back to back. So yeah, but people you know, gotta realize, right? Stress is cumulative. Like, mm -hmm. like you were saying, stress is cumulative. Like. You got the stressor of playing the game, of practicing, training, of memorizing plays. But then you got off-the-court stressors. How much sleep did you get? Yes. What are you eating? What's your diet like? Do you have troubles at home? You know, what's your family going through? What's your financial situation like? Are you getting enough playing time? There's so many different stressors that go into it. What? How far is your commute to get into practice or get into the arena? Like, all these different stressors are accumulative. And, you know, as, as trainers – I, I might only get one hour per day with this with this athlete. The other 23 hours, I might not be able to monitor. So mm -hmm. it's t it's tough to really understand like what exactly are we trying to to limit to make sure that this person can perform when you know when the when the lights are on. Like what are we trying to make sure that we are we are mitigating so that they can be as you know performing as optimal as possible. Right. Well, that's cool. That is absolutely cool. So to wrap this down, I have one burning question I ask all my guests. Right? And the question I have to ask you is, what do you do daily to stay in the starting lineup of life? What do you do daily to stay in the starting lineup of life? I center myself. Like I start my days very intentionally. As soon as I wake up, um, I might be doing some type of meditation I might be journaling, writing, but I'm making sure I center myself and immediately before I check Instagram, before I check email, before I'm checking my text messages, um, you know, before I take the dog out. Like I'm making sure I'm spending some time, even if it's just 60 seconds, I'm taking time for myself to make sure that I'm putting myself in the best position possible. So that when I show up in all these different places, when I show up at work, when I show up in my relationship, when I show up with my friends, that I'm giving them the best version of myself because I've taken the time to, to just stay grounded and to be intentional, be purposeful about how is it that I want to move throughout the day? How is it that I'm feeling? 
you know, listening to my emotions. Do I feel good? Do I not feel good? Like, is there something that's been bothering me? Is there something that I'm excited about? Whatever the case may be, the very first thing I do when I wake up is I'm, I'm making sure I'm taking time for myself. And that has paid dividends for, you know, what I'm able to do throughout the day. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Zay, tell, tell the people where they can find you, where you're working out now, you're doing training. Uh, you, have, look, you said you mentioned a facility. Give them all your data and all your stats. Absolutely. Um, so I work at a facility called Healthy Baller. It's located in Rockville, Maryland. Um, you can Google us at uh, healthyballer.com. Our bio's on there. Our rates are on there, the type of services we provide. We have you know, physical therapists on staff as well as strength and conditioning coaches. We work with you know, athletes of all ages as well as adult clientele. Um, you know, most people can find me at Instagram. It's the only social media I have. It's Z-A-Y underscore W-E-S-T as Zay West. Uh, my email is uh, you can email me at Z-A-Y at Healthy Baller. And those are the best places that you can find me. So I'm super grateful for this opportunity, for the, for the chance to be on this podcast. I've, uh, I've got some great things coming out you know, down the pipeline. I've got some blog articles that are coming out that I think will be super helpful to continue to just educate people on just the the basics of training, uh, especially when it comes to young athletes and basketball players. But everything will be posted on on my Instagram. So if you follow me there, uh, that's your one-stop shop for all the stuff that I'm doing professionally. (laughs) That's what's happening. Hey, I would love, love, love when you get your articles out, if there's a topic that you want to – um, have a discussion on, yeah, hit me up and we'll put you on, on the show, on the broadcast show, but I'll also bring you on my Facebook live channel and we can have a full discussion because because I play ball, I have a lot of people who follow uh, and I give advice and conversation. Um, I speak with Positive Coaching Alliance, a PCA. I don't know if you've heard of them, but I do a lot of mm-hmm. work with them and talking to young athletes and parents and whatnot and I usually try to bring some some dope information, you know what I'm saying? Having gone through all this, you, you see it totally different now. I'm I'm sh- truly concerned about where our athletes are being brought up in this moment. I'm really, really concerned that they are burning out by the age of nine. You know what I'm saying? They are done. They don't want to play no more. Our parents are pushing, trying to get that uh, scholarship so they don't have to pay $120,000 a year, and then the kid ends up going to junior college anyway. You know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of good intel. So if you got something you want to holler about, just reach out to me. Let me know. I'll bring you on Facebook in a heartbeat. And we can go live and chat it up and maybe have a group conversation. People can ask you some questions since you are the resident expert kinesiologist. So Absolutely. Yeah, we'll keep I, the conversation going. That sounds exciting. Absolutely. And, and I definitely appreciate you coming on, young sir, for uh, sharing your time with us on the podcast. Hey, everybody out there, um, be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast off the bench with Mark Wiggins. And make sure you follow Zay at Zay underscore West on the IG channel, with the only place he's at, which is crazy. But um, I'm like on 82 pieces of social media. But anyway, uh, make sure you follow him there. And um, we were looking out for you to do some great things out there, sir. We appreciate you coming on. And um, as always, as always, as we wrap this down, if you can reach your dreams with a stepladder, then they're probably too low. I'm out. Thank you for listening to Off the Bench with your coach, Mark Wiggins. Be sure to like, comment, and share this podcast. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Speakerman87. And be sure to use the hashtag GetOffTheBench to let Mark know you're listening. When it comes to success, only you can give yourself the permission you need to have the success you desire. 
Now get off the bench and get in the game.